everyone, welcome to another Milwaukee Admirals podcast with Charlie Larson. I'm Aaron Sims, and Charlie, it's officially here. We were so excited on Monday when the boys got on the ice. Uh, earlier today, as we're taping this on Wednesday, there was an intra-squad scrimmage, a couple of halves that um, Carl Taylor wanted to see the boys battle, and he got exactly what he bargained for. It, it's been a good couple days here in Milwaukee. Yeah, it has been. Like, there's just a different energy when players are here. Right. And the coaches are here and it's, it's great. I love it. And it sort of, it rekindles the passion for it. You know what I mean? Like it's in, in the off season, the off season out, out of mind. Yeah. yeah. And no matter how busy, or I was just saying this to my wife the other day, no matter how busy I think I am, how, you know, or whatever, it's just different. The pace is that much different. It's that more, more accelerated. Uh, yeah. And I really, I really like that. I really enjoy it. And, and there's just different energy with having players around, you know, yeah. having to being talk to guys and meet guys and all that good jazz. No doubt. No doubt. And seeing, you know, as you said, guys who have been here for a while too, and catching up with them and how was your summer and how's your family and, and things like that. I mean, it's for us, I can't, I'm not going to speak for you. You can tell me if I'm, but I, I tell people all the time, my biggest enjoyment of this other than seeing the hockey is, well, above seeing the hockey is getting to know these people from different walks of life, from different parts of the world, all of this stuff. That's, that's my, I like to meet these people. That's the best part of the job. Hands I down. couldn't agree. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. And I, I've told, I tell this to anyone who's, who'd listen, it's a credit to Nashville as an organization, not to, you know, suck up or anything like that. They that's sign right. good people. They're people yeah. that we want to get to know, right? Like how many jerks have we had yeah. in the time that you and I have been around? It's not many. There's a few, I told I told somebody today I could count the people that I had an issue with maybe on two fingers. Yeah, that's right. the most. You know, that's it. Right, that's right. It. Uh, I could probably. I think I could keep it to one hand. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that's okay. Yeah, um, still, it's very few when you when you when all things are considered. right, right, <laughs> and uh, that's not not being three fingers brown either, right? Yeah, right, right. Um, uh, uh, this podcast this podcast is brought to you by Stenny's. Stenny's on second and national is Milwaukee's number one hockey bar with free shuttles to all Admirals games. Stenny's has the NHL package and will show any NHL game at any time. They also feature a full food menu serving seven days a week from 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. Stenny's, Milwaukee's number one hockey bar. You should be there. Podcast is also brought to you by Capco. Capco Metal Stamping is gr a growing organization committed to innovation, people, and the future of manufacturing. Capco offers workplace learning and development, flexible scheduling, and competitive pay and benefits. Learn more at capcoinc.com. There are so many people in town, as you would think, uh, Charlie, at the beginning here. You've got uh, a new development coach in Nathan Gerby. You have Rob Scuderi, uh, goalie coach Dave Rook. Uh, of course, the coaching staff, Carl Taylor, Scott Ford, and Greg Rollo. And, of course, the GM, Scott Nickel, who... Um, really year in and year out. I was talking with Stan Drulia, the former Admiral's assistant coach, now a scout with Nashville. I was talking with him on Sunday afternoon for a little bit, and uh, he was praising Scott Nickel. I mean, it just every year Scott goes in and, and knows what he needs and knows what the organization needs. And he, he, put, he tells them, this is, you know, this is only going to help everybody to bring in this player, to bring in this player. He has a great mind, a great eye. Uh, a great feel for the locker room as one would expect. Uh, yeah. His, Given like, his background. Yes. Like he's got such, he has, you know, like he's young, 
And I yeah. think guys like he's not 50 years old. I think guys appreciate that. Like he's not that far removed from his playing career. He spent, I don't know what his career stats are, but he's probably 400 games in the AHL and 400 in the NHL. I presume um, he's had the ups and downs. He can speak to what these guys are feeling. And uh, the other thing I think is so not that most coaches and general managers are like this, but Scott really like, if we ask him a question, he answers it truthfully without sugarcoating it and just saying like, this is, Hey, these are the facts. This is what's going on. I really appreciate that. 398 games in the American hockey league and 662 games in the national hockey league. Okay. So I weigh, don't tell him I said that, that I only was giving him 400 in the national league. (laughs) Yeah, but still, 1,060 pro games plus 24 in the English League during the uh, lockout in 0405. So uh, he's he's a guy who went through every role he had. Uh, I mean, nothing was given to Scott Nickel and uh, undrafted. Well, he was drafted in the 11th round, I should say. Um, but right. he's he's as you mentioned, Charlie. He's always a pleasure to talk to. He answers the questions, and uh, we had a chance to speak with the Admirals GM Scott Nickel. <laughs> So Admirals General Manager Scott Nickel joins us now. We're three days into Milwaukee training camp, um, but these guys have been doing drills for three or four weeks now. Uh, what have you seen so far? What have you liked? I just like the competition. They've they've had great mindset coming in here, and you know it is a little bit of a you know disappointment when you have a good camp, and they all had great camps. We said at the beginning of our welcome meeting they they should be very proud of their camps they had in Nashville. And uh, they came down and they just, you know, there's no pouting right now. And mm-hmm. I like their work ethic. And I thought the scrimmage, inner squad scrimmage today was competitive. And um, that's what you want. You want these guys to just kind of stay with the process and just keep going, keep building off their camp, build off this one, a couple exhibition games, and then get into the season. Because if you have a little bit of the pout on, it's uh, this, this league will chew you up. And um, before you know it, you'll be 15 games in and have zeros across the board. I think you were still in Nashville, but I, I always use... It was 2011. Uh, Nick Spalling spent half the year in 10-11 in Nashville. And in 2011, we were shocked he came down. But he came down in like in warm-ups, in practice. I mean, you just, you you come out at 9.30 for a 10 o'clock practice. Every shot he took had a purpose. He was going to score a goal on everything. He wasn't just shooting into the goalie's pads or anything. And he played four games. Roster situation cleared up in Nashville. We never saw him again. And that, I always use that as an example because Nick came down. He knew he was close. He had business to take care of, and nothing was going to stop him. And I, I loved that attitude. I still do to this day. Yeah, they got the focus. I think it, it, there's every team's jammed up a little bit, and that's what you want. That's our, our job in the summers to have create depth and competition. Yeah. And uh, this year we had some guys out of camp that, you know, had great camps, and now they're pushing for – a job up there so there could be some guys down here that you didn't think would become down here but um that's what you want you, these guys are i think that's part of the development program or our group that we help these kids all the way through from college to junior and it's in the coaching staff here like you look at igor afanasiev like he's he had a great camp he got one exhibition game and he's you know he's out here yeah. impressing here like he wants to make that next step and uh, it's there's too it's too hard to just put it on cruise control and there's too many right. people watching it's not like way back when when the the, the coach or the or the gm would come down here once a month or whatever right. like we're right. here all the time if it's not myself it's our uh nathan gerby or rob scuderi yeah. and then even just carl taylor and our our relationship like we talk every day 
twice a day. So there's no secrets. Yeah. What do you, when you're signing guys or basically it's, it's recruiting, right? You're not talking to the players, you're talking to the agents, but you have to be truthful, but you also can't, but you have to be positive. So is your message to these guys, hey, listen, like, you know, you, you have a chance to make this national team, but if you don't, it, Milwaukee is a great spot. Is that what you're saying? But because we do hear stories about guys get being sold a bill of goods, not necessarily here, but like, hey, they told me I was going to be up, and now here I am stuck in the minors. Well, we, I try and talk to the players and just do you yeah, okay. And if we're really going after somebody, I'll get our coach to call like uh, John Hines and lay it out. That's right. This is your option. Worst case scenario, best case scenario. This is what our identity of our team. This is how you play. This is how where you fit into it. Okay, let's go through the. The worst case scenario, you don't make our team. Then what? Are you the next guy, next call up guy? What are you? What are you going to bring to our organization? So we're very upfront and honest, and I think that's the way to do it. Like, these guys have been around a little while, so they right. they get it. They just want an opportunity. That's everything. All as a hockey player, you want an opportunity, and and they go to camp and they see it, and they once they feel it and live it, and they're like, like I said, there's a few guys that had opportunity this year and they've kind of seized and the moment right i mean now. i think aaron and i we've talked about this especially over the past five or seven years that nashville has really rewarded guys who are the best players in milwaukee like doing the, their best not necessarily give one draft pick or they're a big time free agent like you reward players and then they colin go on blackwell is a right colin example. blackwell freddie goudreau who was up and down and now these guys are full-time nhlers so I think obviously that goes to what you're telling them too. Is like, look at these guys, right? We want you to play for Nashville, but we also want you to be in the NHL, and that's that's a that's a good good recruiting tool for you. For sure, because it's, and they know it too. The players know that that okay, Nashville A is a great place to play. Milwaukee's fantastic place to play. We've got, you know, we win here, we make playoffs. Even if you're an American League contract, like look at the just in the last little bit, like Mitch McLean going to Calgary yep. probably doubled his salary. Um, Josh Healy went to San Diego. He got a pay raise. So it's even the guys who aren't NHL bubble guys or prospects. I think we do a good job with the guys who are in American League deals. We get them, you know, with so much moving parts in the American League, and and they get and they move on. They prolong their career. It's not just they go from a one-year deal to a two-year deal. So that's what you know. We take pride in that as well. But uh, we've been. It's been good the last little while. The the. You know, four or five years, we had the Blackwells and the Grimaldis and the Tenorities and all these guys that have gone up and started here, and they've they they're staying in the NHL. So I'm I'm proud of that too, and I'm proud of your Tanner Janos and Trennans and and these guys going up as well. So um, they're doing a good job. Our coaching staff, our organization down here, uh, I think it's honesty, communication, and and being rewarded to whoever's next, whoever's playing great. And we go back to that same couple questions ago is we're here all the time so it's not like and you you can't call the wrong guy up because it kills your room right. right so we really have a we have a why we're here a lot because we have a good pulse in the sense of what the yeah. room's all about and then we go from there which is such a oh, i'm sorry Aaron, but that's such the paradox of the american hockey league is you're a team and you're fighting together but you also like these guys are competing to get called up but you it could to be your very point, individualistic. Right. It could be selfish. Yeah, but to your point, like, guys know if this guy, if he stinks, if he's dogging it on the ice, but he's still getting the call up because he was the first round pick or whatever it was, like, to your point, that kills the room. And, we, you know, we're all the sum of our experiences, right? And you went through the ups and downs of being sent down and called up as a player. So 
I presume that's how you want to you want to manage, be a general manager as, in the same vein as how you appreciated being talked to and being rewarded. Right, and that just being or honest. Or maybe you weren't, but you learned right. from you, the Right, thing, this is how right? I don't yeah. want to be treated. Yeah, no, for sure. It's It has changed a lot. It's just way more approachable. Like, I'm way more approachable um, now rather than when I played in uh, – who was it? Larry Carrier was our GM. Like you wouldn't go up to him, and uh, <laughs> you know, even like doing torts with John Tortorella as our coach in Rochester. Like it has changed. It has probably changed for the for the good. Um, and I think you get more out of these kids. They're they're vested. You want to feel as a player. You want to feel like you're vested into the team and you're a huge part. So, say if Luke Evangelista doesn't play well, we're not going to win. I want Luke to feel that that if he doesn't play well, we're not like he's, a, he's vested in. So I want to like a little. You know, somebody that wants to come out here and and learn how to compete, learn how to play, learn how to go through the ups and downs of pro hockey, and and let them know that we do have their back and we're we're here to support them and get them to you know the next level. We talked to you on the radio show about a month ago, and and you'd mentioned a couple of things here just now. But what you said back then, um, you brought up Jared Tenorti's name. Matt Donovan was a guy. You signed a lot of guys to two-year deals when you first got this job to try to build a culture around this group of players uh, and their mindsets and their abilities and their work ethics and all of that stuff. You're getting back to that now because, well, we had COVID. We lost, a, yeah. we lost some time. Now you have to kind of, I don't know if it's a different work ethic and all of that stuff, but it's new bodies anyway that you're recommitting to the whole thing. Yeah, like I want to get away from having 16 new players. Yeah. You know, that, and that's what... From my experience, when I played in the minors a long time, you want to you want the fans to relate with the players if they come one year to the next or a couple of games. They want to still have a you know a name to right, face and right. um, so we we have like I, I, w- I would like to have the two year deals like we signed Gravel for a two year deal, uh, McEwen to a two year deal, uh, Schneids has been been here for a while. Like I, I like to have that um, foundation and they're hard to find because you these guys are good players and they can still play in the right. NHL. So you still have to, you know, they still want to be called up. They don't want to just be sent down here and playing. So those two year deals on some of the veteran guys, you want to make sure they're the right player and they carry themselves fits perfect into our organization. They're, they they can play NHL games for us. They can um, have depth for us. They can be catalysts down here. So um, I'm excited about those two signings this year. And that's um, just going to help our younger players you know, grow. Well, and I look back because you have to sell that. It's like, okay, you're not just, we're not just sticking you there. And this kind of gets to what Charlie was saying before. We're not just sticking you somewhere and we're not going to pay attention to you anymore. Like I, I look back in my time here, Joel Ward was a guy that came in. We thought we were going to see him in Milwaukee. We never saw him. Dan Ellis was a guy. We thought we were going to see him here. We never saw him. I mean, those opportunities are there all along the way. Joe Piscula a few years ago, they need somebody to come up. Matt Irwin, they need somebody to come up. I mean, that yeah. that stuff happens. Yeah, for sure, and that's you know that's why I think we've been successful. Both teams have made playoffs, and uh, we've had great goaltending, and that's a huge part of it as well. It's been very our goaltending has been pretty solid at both levels, and I don't know you just it's hard. You 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 write all these names down, you look at the board all summer long, right. you kind of build your team, and then it never turns out that way. You right. know, you always but that's great. That's what you. You know, that's what we get paid to, like I said before, is add depth to organization and good people. And um, at the end of the day, they have to produce, they have to they have to show what they have on the ice, and that's what training camp. I think that's the beauty of it, even though we're in a cap era, 
that there's still jobs to be won. Yeah. You know, and it seems like it it gets the window gets smaller and smaller, but it's not because that those kind of bottom the guys who are on kind of league minimums, they can they make an impression. Mm-hmm. You can always find a good player, always fit them into your team. So yeah. Um, I'm excited for these guys. When when you get asked by fans, or maybe when you if you ever can allow yourself to be a fan, I think the question I get most uh, often, and and maybe you do too, if you get into this situation, is the goaltending situation and how it's going to shake out. And uh, maybe we still don't know as of this moment, but you have Devin Cooley, who was brilliant last year in the playoffs. You have Askarov, who was a first round pick, and from all indications was right. phenomenal. Um, Connor Ingram still in the mix. Kevin Lonkin and I mean it's it's a good problem to have, I guess, is what I'm getting to. But is is it say, is it fair to give an answer yet as to how it's going to shake out? Because I guess we really don't know. Great problem to have. Isn't yeah, that? it is. To have good. Pr- well, I said I said to Dave Rook the other I said to Dave Rook the other day. Carolina was at number seven yeah. at one point, right? I so I mean, maybe you need them all. I know. You just the, the more you talk about it, it seems like you jinx you, but it's. Uh, <laughs> No, it's they're they're all really good. They all have a, a unique skill set, and they're all in different stages of their career, and they all have different experiences. So, yeah, we'll just uh, see how this next few weeks shake out, and maybe it's a month. Maybe who knows what happens? But um, all I know is our goaltending's in in good hands. And we can't. We, we, I, I, I said those names. Tomas Vomachka's in the mix too. So I mean, I can't. Yeah. We, let's not gloss over that. Um, there's no full-blown ECHL affiliate this year. How does that work out for you guys? It's different. We had Florida for the last three years, so this is my, uh, I think as a GM, I think it's the first time we didn't have an East Coast League team. Yeah. So we brought in some guys who we, well, I strategically signed some guys that their rights were with different East Coast League teams. So mm-hmm. um, if they don't make our team, they go back to their, their team. They already have their rights, so which is good. Um, so we're just, and then, and when you sign those guys, do you sign them? Like this is a role he has played there. So maybe he can fit that role for us. Or how do you, how do you piece that together? Yeah. So everyone has a little different, what they bring to the table, Yeah. you know, and then we have four or five free agents here trying out that we kind of earmarked that they could be call up guys for us during the year. Mm -hmm. Um, we want to see them in camp, want to see them at the exhibition games. They got a right shot defenseman, left shot D one that skates real well. One's kind of a bookend you know, physical guy. Um, so that we're just trying to check all the boxes, take a look, a free look at them. And then I'm going to get Ryan Costello, who's going to do a little bit of scouting for me this year in the East mm-hmm. Coast League. So he's going to kind of keep, keep keep tabs on that, and, and we'll go from there. Hopefully we don't use anybody and we're healthy. And um, But I just think in the COVID era, uh, we've seen a lot of hockey players come through here and play games. Yeah. And I think well, have a, I have a way better grasp at it than when I first, you know, got took over and got this job so um yeah we'll see i could be uh next year we have this interview i'll be like we need these ghostly chasing everybody but you know what last year uh, you look at it and you had you had a team but uh, avery peterson comes in and whatever the reason he played well and and made the club and stuck around for six seven weeks around there's good players down there it's just you got to find them you got to go work and you got to go watch games like tommy apap's a perfect example so it's we were we we signed guys last year. They got hurt that were in Florida, and then we just so then we kind of branched out and and got some free agent guys, and they worked out great for us. So yeah, I don't know. It's not a perfect scenario, but um, big thing we'll get we'll find a, a spot for one of our goalies. So they'll whatever goalies will have a spot for him to play, and then um, we just loan some guys out if we uh, get some numbers down here, and 
and uh, and Ryan will be scooting. Oh, and there's and there's always room for good players. Always That's the thing. Right. There's always room. And it allows you, I assume it gives you more flexibility that you don't feel bad like, okay, we've got five guys down in Florida who we should be calling these guys up first or they're going to be pissed that we didn't call them up if you go and sign somebody yeah, else, someone who's playing very well in, in the East Coast. We're in Grand Rapids tonight and we mm -hmm. need somebody. Yeah. Right, and right. we got to call exactly. Florida and yeah. try to get them in here somehow. Yeah, and you don't have to deal with the coaches and the management of the ECHL teams complaining like, hey, I don't know if this was the case, but like maybe they're 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 not happy because they want to play this guy because that ha you know that happens with other organizations. Game, yeah. We know in the American League that they want to like specifically Chicago. We know that their their owners had in, in in the past has had his guys. I want you to play these guys. Well, that might butt heads with what the NHL affiliate wants. Yeah. It's it's different this year for sure. Like Florida was great. They won the they won the Kelly Cup. Yeah, you know, we helped. We were a huge part of that yes. for sure. The guys that we signed and. Um, they, we spent a lot. I spent a lot of time with Florida, and it was good. It was just the pendulum swung a little bit too far on playing the older guys, and some of our young guys didn't get a whole lot of ice. But that's just that's the way it goes. So, yeah. um, but I'm still a huge believer of having your three tier system. So, you know, you have your NHL, American League, East Coast, kind of all the same. It'd be perfect if you could have your own East Coast League team. You hire your own coaches, and right. and then and that's your that's your development. From you got coaches the terminology all the way around. All the way yeah. Up. So that would be the ideal situation but right now we don't have it and we'll make do i gotta i want to ask you you mentioned it before your first coach or maybe i don't know if he was your first coach in roch but one of your coaches john tortorella he's back coaching now um first of all are you surprised that he's back I, my guess is that you're not but how has he evolved because we've had the, the hard-ass coaches the mike keenans of the world the ken hitchcocks have sort of been phased out and it's more of a coach that are players coaches so how does he how has he changed and maybe you don't know exactly but how has he changed to adapt and still be like hey this is like you heard him say some of the things he said going into philly like He's still uh, he's he's still hard for sure. He's a culture guy, so I think that's he went in there, and that's that's his that's his stamp, his culture, work, and um, even watching their camps. Not not the big name guys. It's a lot of you know surprise guys that played in the minors or are college free agent guys that are having good camps. So right. he's just he's putting a stamp on that, and I think he communicates well. He just wants. Uh, you know, he wants you to come to the rink, and there's one puck on the ice, and there's 50-50 battles, and you better win it. So it's it's more about his communication with the players as opposed and and not the as opposed to maybe a guy who just like you don't don't talk to the head coach, right? Like right. I'm gonna yell and scream, and then don't talk to me. Don't ask me about your playing time. Yeah, you know he's fiery. He's a, he's all in. He expects everybody to be all in. So it's uh, I'm not surprised that he that he's back in the league. It just you know he's he'll turn that that uh, organization he'll help that organization and geez they've had some bad luck in the last couple of years with injuries and stuff so sometimes that's out of your control but he's a good coach he's passionate he loves the game and yeah you can obviously see that right and he, and he he looks like and he is like when he coached us in rochester it was like he loved the players he loved the room and now if anybody from the outside circle tried to poke holes at the room that's when he really that's when he off. got yeah yeah that's when he got mad uh, i want to finish with this here last year um at the beginning of the season in particular the admirals were scrambling for centers we thought it was something was going to happen right. and it didn't somebody got hurt somebody got called all of these things happened at the beginning of the season was that an area that 
as an organization, we're like, we got to shore this up and make sure that we don't get caught in that same situation. Because I look now and that's, to me, that's where the greatest improvement at the beginning of the 22-23 season is for the Milwaukee Admirals on paper is the depth at center. Well, we lost Ram Pitlick, so that was a... That was a huge one, yeah. We were yeah. chasing that all year long, so that was tough. But, yeah, we got... And we have a lot of options at center. Like, we moved Jimmy Huntington to the middle. Yeah. Um, Leonard can play center. We got Parson, and we got Condalik at APAP. Like we what do you like Huntington best, by the way? Uh, he was so good on the wing. On the right? wing. Last it, year he was, yeah. right. So he's, he's been playing wing. Get into trouble, maybe move him into the middle, yeah. but... You can never have enough I was gonna say, good centers, and you yeah. can never have enough a good goal, enough good goaltending, right. yeah. And your D. So I think we're, like I said, we got good depth. Just bringing these kids in last year, like your um, um, Stastny's and your Willsby's and your Parsonin and Luke Evangelista and Navrin Mutter, and bringing these guys in from college and junior last year to be uh, basically our black aces for the for the playoff run. It was just like a it was like development camp all over again and i think they're way better off coming in to nationals camp and then coming here everything's a little bit more familiar they know the staff they know how we do things and that was our plan because we knew we we're going to be really young this year and inexperienced up front but uh so we'll see see how it goes yeah but i didn't see a ton of the scrimmage today but mutter he is a humongous individual someone came in to hit him i can't even remember the number went in to hit him and just fell off right like he just gave the little reverse that wasn't even much of a reverse hit but just change of the uh momentum and yeah no he's uh he's, he's somebody that we target he's a free agent overage kid and junior and, yeah. and you know they're he's six four and can get stronger he's like a little over 200 pounds but he skates real well um he's pretty physical and so we're just kind of growing to his role and uh we have a big team that was one thing that we were conscious of even up in nashville is with like size yeah even if these guys are gonna come up and play in the nhl like they have to have some kind of substance to them. They have to have some kind of size. They got to bring something. So we do have a big team. Maybe we're not totally overly physical, but we're big and we're skilled and we can skate and we take up a lot of room. So um, I'm excited for the season to start. We'll probably hopefully have a great start. And um, I know those, the kids have worked real hard to this point. So we'll keep going. Very good. Thanks for doing this, Scott. Anytime, boys. So that's the GM, Scott Nickel. Uh, of course, he'll be in town. He's in town quite a bit, Charlie. We get ready for the exhibition games this weekend. And after practice today, you and I spoke with Carl, and uh, Carl was talking about uh, this weekend. There's not a ton of extra bodies. And Carl, you know, if the season started today, he would have his lineup uh, set, and that that's going to happen Saturday. So whatever his lineup, if he, whatever he thinks his lineup would be on day one, and those bodies are here on Saturday, those are the players that will get the chance to play at home at UW Milwaukee Panther arena Saturday night at 6 PM when the Admirals take on the Chicago Wolves. Um, the other players, the tryout guys, they'll have a chance to, to show their wares on Friday, uh, while the Admirals play at Chicago in their practice rank Hoffman Estates. Um, that's coming up uh, Friday night at seven. So we're gonna we're going to see every player play. Uh, there are three goalies currently here, and then um, the waivers process I think occurs next Sunday, right? The ninth. Um, yeah. So so we'll have a pretty good idea. I after yeah. That. I, actually, I it is it the it's either the ninth or the eighth. I can't remember if NHL rosters are due are released on the ninth. Must not be. That's a Sunday, so it must be. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's. I think the waivers start on the ninth, and we'll see who's claimed. Uh, last year, and, and Scott alluded to that in our conversation 
Uh, Rem Pitlick was put on waivers last year by Nashville and claimed, and that hit Nashville by surprise. Yeah. Um, we we talked about this last week on this show, Charlie. That uh, you know there are a couple of guys that that might be attractive that Nashville might try to sneak through. And yeah, you know what's it, what's interesting. interesting. Scott and I had this conversation yesterday about the waiver process, and he said, you know, because I talked about Magnus Helberg being claimed by Ottawa. Yeah. And he said, you know, all these teams are putting guys through waivers now, and it's just a it's a free look for. Right for these other for Ottawa to take Magnus it costs them nothing if they don't like him then they can right. get they can send him back right. whereas if you let if you put guys through waivers later on then teams have to make a choice whether right. you want to keep this guy right or like you got to make a quick you got to make a decision quickly you're probably not going to claim a guy if you're 50 50 on him whereas now 50 50 so what he gets three days or four days yeah and then he does it so uh that was interesting you know, that's interesting I, because I always had the other take where teams are and i think it's the other side tell me if i'm wrong i've always taken the other i think the polar opposite of that in that um early in the season i want to see if my prospects are working out so everybody can get through that's no problem because i'm going to give um my third rounder from two years ago he had a nice camp i'm going to give him every chance to fail uh i've got i've got um a defenseman who I drafted this year who I get 10 games to play with and maybe send him back to juniors. So I like, like that's, I've always thought that there's so much talent right now around. I mean, let's look at Nashville right now. They're at 27 Minnesota cut down to 20. Everybody's around 27, 28 players right now, maybe 29, but everybody has pared it down to the last four or five spots. For the most part, there are so many bodies in play. Um, Helberg filled a need, right? Cam Talbot yeah, is hurt. Cam Talbot's and, out for and, six to seven. So minutes. that's what I see with Helberg. But I, but what you said, what Scott Nichols said, I totally see that. That makes yeah. all the sense in the world because let's use him for now. And you know, worst case scenario, he goes to Belleville in Ottawa's case. Right, right. Or he would have to go back to uh... if they claim him. If Seattle claims, if him. Seattle claims him, right? He could go to yeah. Be- he would either go to Coachella Valley. Uh, or he would go to Belleville and, you know, either one is probably acceptable. If, if he performs great, then he's great. Exactly. If not, then, then he goes back. Exactly. So I, that's why it was interesting that Scott had said that. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's a take that I hadn't considered. And yeah. uh, because like I said, yeah, I, at this time with all the bodies going on, I, I really think that teams, you know, teams want to see if their minimum wage guys can perform because then it. they got more stuff to, you know, can handle more stuff later. So that's an interesting take, Uh, a very interesting take. Again, the Admirals will be in action on uh, Saturday night at Panther Arena, Friday night at Chicago. Uh, We will have the game Saturday, right, Charlie? On uh, on Admirals YouTube page. It'll be then it'll be on one of our social media channels. Got to figure out which one the best is to uh, to do that one. All right. Well, keep track uh, at MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. This podcast is brought to you by Stenny's. Stenny's on second and national is Milwaukee's number one hockey bar with free shuttles to all Admirals games. Use that. Stenny's has the NHL package. They'll show any NHL game at any time. 
They also feature a full food menu serving seven days a week from 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. Stenny's, Milwaukee's number one hockey bar. You should be there. Podcast also brought to you by Capco. Capco Metal Stamping is a growing organization committed to innovation, people, and the future of manufacturing. Capco offers workplace learning and development, flexible scheduling, and competitive pay and benefits. Learn more at capcoinc.com. Am I missing anything, Charlie? No, but you know what? Last week I told a story about Stenny, so I feel like I should be telling the story about Capco, too. Uh, Capco does this wonderful program, Kids to Kids Christmas. It's really a remarkable thing, and it's for to benefit underprivileged kids who, you know, might be in an unfortunate situation uh, during the Christmas holidays, and so I brought, we, one year they asked us to let's, you know, they're a good partner, obviously. And so they had a couple of guys, it was Victor Arvidsson and Garrett Noonan up there to sign autographs. And I thought, well, this will be a good opportunity for me to go up there uh, with my kids and we'll donate and I can check in on Victor and Garrett and make sure that they're doing okay and all that good stuff. So I go up there and I bring my kids and we stop and get presents. And what I don't realize, which is a great idea that they did but not great, not so great for my daughter, Rachel, who is terrified of mascots at this time, especially she was three terrified of mascots. She, they have every mascot in the world there. They've got Ernie the elf. They've got Roscoe. They've got Bernie. They've got like, it's just like, it's a nightmare. It's straight out of her nightmare. So she's, yeah, yeah, yeah. she's screaming like practically the entire time yeah. and I'm holding her and some, <laughs> some older woman, she comes up to me and she starts yelling at me like, like, what are you, why are you, what are you doing to this child? Well, I'm just like, oh, she's really afraid of mascots and she's crying. She's got snot running down her nose. And this lady's like, well, where is her mother? I was like, well, her mom's at home. Like, I've got the kids right here. She's yeah. like, well, let me do something about that nose. Takes out a tissue from her shirt. That she's you know, been like, using for all, yeah. Yes. And she goes to Rachel's nose with it. I was like, no, thank you. Yeah. No, thank you. I said, I'll be just fine. She'll be just fine. We just need to get away from the mascots. I appreciate you caring. Do not touch her with that disgusting she tissue. Could have, she could have been patient zero for COVID. I know, right? Back it would have been COVID. It would have been COVID-14 instead of COVID-19. Or, yeah, it was. It was November of 2014. So that... Uh, that was that was traumatic for Rachel, and it was obviously traumatic for me because I still remember it eight years uh, eight years hence. Yeah, yeah. No, I I get that. I totally get that. Um, yeah. That said, we love Capco, and do. what they do kids is a great thing. Christmas yeah, is, this... is Kids to Kids Christmas is a wonderful, wonderful event, and we highly encourage you to uh, participate in it. But if a lady comes up to you with uh, a dirty Kleenex, don't accept. It. <laughs> That's a good rule for life. That is a good rule for life. Uh, next week, we'll be back. We'll have uh, some players. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's time to to meet the new guys, and there are a lot of new guys. So we'll uh, put some of the names, of it, the voices and the faces and all of that stuff coming up here in the uh, upcoming weeks. Thanks for listening to this Milwaukee Admirals podcast.